I mean, every daggone time you turn around, it's something. Somebody can't defend. Somebody's missing defensive assignment. Somebody can't shoot. Somebody's got an attitude. Somebody's injured. The, the owner's got an attitude. The owner don't want to get rid of the, the medical staff. Phil Jackson won them gone. I, I mean, Derek Fisher, maybe he can coach, maybe he can't. Every time you turn around, man, there's always something. There's always something with okay. these damn Knicks. All right, but wait a second. This is sickening, man. Okay. And, and what's up with this, Skip? These guys are supposed to be back a month ago. Are you supposed to be back for game one? It's game 11. They still ain't back. But Yarny, you know, he has some injury. They thought he was going to be gone for a week. It turned out to be months. Every time we turn around, man, it's something. Okay. It's like, it's like dudes don't want to show up to work. That was ESPN's Stephen A. Smith illustrating for all what Knicks fans were feeling back in 2014. You'll definitely be hearing more from him in the future. Nickish Podcast Episode 9. Praise the Tank. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the Nick-ish podcast where we talk all about the New York Knicks and whatever's going on in the NBA. My name is Mo and I'm here with my boy Nafi. What's up, man? Not much, man. What's going on with you? Not much. We're here recording episode number nine. It's it's crazy that we've been doing this every week for nine weeks now, but episode number nine. Two months into the yep, NBA season. <laughs> It's crazy that like we just like start off with just like cordial greetings like every episode, even though like unknown to the listener, we've been like on the phone with each other for like forty five minutes just prepping. So, you know, the things we do for our listeners, you know. Yeah, and little do they know we've <laughs> actually been recording for like six months now, and not just two months. We've been we've been ready for this. We're doing this long term game. We've been we've been preparing for this, and you know, mm-hmm. this is this is this has been in the works for a long time. Yeah, we've been in the gym putting up shots, so, like, you know, we're here now. Yeah. And for everyone who's been listening to every episode, so, you know, we really appreciate that. Um, but, you know, let's just let's just dive right into it. The Knicks are one of the worst teams in the NBA. And I am all about it. I, I love it. I love seeing that the record's not getting too high, and I love seeing... Uh, these college kids play night in, night out. Zion Williamson's at MSG right now. Yeah, with Trey Young sitting courtside. I think Trey Young just wants to get like a front row view of just like the the future Nick that's gonna dunk his whole body through the rim. So, did you, know. you see what happened to his head the other day? Zion's head. To his head? No, I mean he didn't. That's no, a hell. That's a no hell of a way to start a sentence. No. <laughs> No one hit him. No one hurt him. He jumped up for a block, and his head hit the backboard, like the top of the backboard. He just got. He just jumped up so high, and he wasn't really paying attention to where he was, and his head hit the backboard, and he got hurt from it. Uh, he probably should, you know, not play with so much reckless abandon, but 
this dude is he's crazy. He's like a athletic, like a a, a high flying Shaq. It's wild. Bro, he's literally like a fucking like a, a like a caricature of what like an idiot would think of a basketball player. Like, oh, he just jumps high. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. See, how Zion does that like really fucking good, better than everybody. <laughs> just dunking everything and anything. Like, it's not like he's unskilled. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we talk about him every episode, and I mean, why the fuck not? But like, goddamn, yo, like, you could tell he grew up playing point guard, but it's just freaky seeing like a fucking like a dude the size of an NFL defensive lineman just putting it between his legs at, like, the, the drop of a dime and just, like, burst into the rim and dunking it over everybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm, I I just hope that his, his basketball IQ just increases more and more and he just shows other elements of his game and, you know, he could be a NBA-altering player. You know, that's, that's how much high praise you and I have for Zion Williamson um, and what he can do. But... You know, let's 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 dig in a little bit on the Knicks. Um, they have they've lost three in a row um, since we last recorded an episode. They uh, they won you know one of those games. They they won against the Hornets in an overtime game, uh, but they've lost to the Cavs. They've lost they've lost to the Pacers, the Suns, and last night they lost against the Sixers. Um, you know, what's what's one of your key takeaways from the way the Knicks have been performing the last you know week and a half or so? Well, our defense is, like, dog shit, like, to put it very bluntly. I mean, that's about as as nice as I can be. I mean, just, like, for perspective's sakes, like, earlier in the season, do you remember that story that came out of Cleveland, Colin Sexton? I mean, about Colin Sexton, where, like, the veteran teammates thought he just could not play basketball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't know how to play basketball. And then, like, let's fast forward, like, a month and a half, and this kid is dropping buckets on the Knicks, just straight up clowning us. Like, at one point, Cleveland was up, like, 20 points. Like, our defense is putrid. But, you know, I caught myself watching that game before I got, like, too annoyed or too mad, like, as a fan should be, you know what I mean? And realizing, that, like, you know what? This is good. This is happy thoughts, you know? Just, just switch over to the Duke game and just see, like, R.J. Barrett throwing out oop to Zion, and Zion throws it off the backboard to himself. Like, you know what I mean? These losses are going to be worth it. And I guess my takeaway is, like, I think Fizzle might be in on the tank too. You know what I mean? Like the the Phoenix game, he he benched Hardaway, like against like the worst team in the league, with like an injury he's apparently been playing with for the whole season, and just coincidentally they bench him for like this this game against the worst team in the league. I think they're all committed to the tank to the tank rather, and shit, man, I fuck with it. I fuck with the vision. Yeah, I mean. You know, my one thing is, or my thing about this is the bad, the, the bad defense. I don't really like it. Uh, I, I'm all about the tank game. I'm okay with missed shots here and there. Um, you know, we don't have any superstars playing on the team right now, but not really playing the hard nosed defense and not, you know, playing defense the best way. And guys like Colin Sexton and T.J. Warren, you know, they're not bad players. They're pretty good players, but they're laying it up. Um, I think Warren scored about 26 points. Devin Booker dropped 38 on the Knicks. Um, all these guys are just st- scoring like crazy, and they are, they're all scoring well over 100 points, these teams. And it, it just goes to show that the Knicks are a terrible defensive team right now, and it would be nice to see them show better defense. I'd rather see strong defense than see that the Knicks score over 100 points every game. They're, they're doing fairly well on offense. 
um, but it would be nice to see, you know, for for you know the, the the remainder of the season that they play better defense, especially, you know, the young guys because mm-hmm. it's all about hustle. It's about you know putting mm-hmm. your foot down. Is you, you don't really need, you need skill for defense, but it's it, it really is just you know not giving up easy baskets and you know open three pointers every game. Yeah, I mean, I feel you 100. percent Like, obviously the defense is trash and just commenting on it but I also think like we can't judge it too harshly just because I mean it's a fact of like the NBA in a whole just like young players and like rookies second year players they just almost always by default stink on defense like it's rare for them not to that's what makes Frank so special on that end like he came in like like a seasoned veteran defensive game like speaking to the roster as a whole we're like the youngest team in the league right like at least top three so I think it's a surprise the defense is so ass because it's just like it comes with experience and like knowing the game plan, the scouting reports of several players across the league and shit like that. And I don't know, I can't really get on them too much for the, like the defense. Like it's alarming. Like don't get me wrong, but it's also just like I don't think we should shit on them too much. And I mean, as long as they play hard, like we've seen them. Like just how many games we played in the last week? Like five, right? Like they pretty much made a comeback in every single one. Um, I think they made like a fake comeback versus fuck Phoenix. Phoenix. They had a shitty yeah. third quarter, and then, you know, fourth yeah, exactly. quarter, they were trying to, they had that fake comeback, yeah. And then they, like, made a come like, they won against Charlotte in OT, and, like, the next day, I think they, not the next day, but, like, two days later, they had, like, a, like, a, a nice little, like, run at the end to kind of catch up to Indiana, you know? Um, but, I don't know. But, yeah, the it's, Knicks, they played five games. Yeah, they played, they played five games the last nine days, uh, and it, it, that's a lot of minutes for for these guys, um, but young legs, uh, yeah, ain't, ain't no thing. But yo, we got to give shout out to Kevin fucking Knox. Fifth straight game with at least fifteen points, and his numbers for the last six games are really awesome. He he's averaging close to twenty points per game, uh, shooting forty three percent from field goal mm. percentage and three point percentage, and he's getting his assists mm. and he's getting his threes and his his shots looking wet. Wet as hell, man. Like, wet all the goddamn time. Like, goddamn. I mean, let's just keep it this way. I'm glad, like, uh, Donkic is warming up that Rookie of the Year trophy for uh, Knox. Just just holding it tight. (laughs) Just holding it tight, shining up, you know, polishing it. Put some spit shine on that bitch. But, like, you know, Knox is going to take that shit. He keeps keeps this up. He's 19 years old, bro. I mean, Donkic is crazy, too. Like, on some real shit, he's probably, like, the most, like, impressive rookie we've we've seen in a minute. Speaking about Donkic, but... I don't know. It's it's been a while since we had like a rookie like this promising to be like, like an immediately happy about. You know what I mean? Like the way Knox is playing right now. Yeah, and he's not settling for just threes. Uh, he had that alley oop that Timmy gave him. Uh, last night's game, he was behind the ball during the start of the break, and he just sprinted all the way. He got long legs, and Timmy just threw it up, and he caught it, and just you know, ooped that in. Um, so he's doing a lot more than just shooting threes, but you know, towards the early early part of the season he wasn't shooting that efficiently but in december he's been this is his month for it to be the rookie of the month i if he plays like this for the for the next few games he the rookie of the month honor goes to him in the east yeah, yeah like knock east. on wood he stays healthy you know yeah. what i mean because i think trey young's been coming on too like his, his jumper ain't been falling but like I, I peep like watching it like some hawks games here and there like teams just still like pressure him like well behind a three-point line you know what i mean so 
and not to go off on a tangent, but like yeah, the rookie of the year race this year is just wild. Like just off topic for a minute. I know we're a Knicks podcast, but it's 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 looking like a special rookie class so far. You know I mean? The rookie class this season, last season, has been amazing. Like, young players these days are really good. Like, I want to look into it later. I want to know how many players are, like, how many veterans are over the age of, like, you know, 32. Like, do it, like are there a lot more players under the age of 25 now than before? That's, that's something I, I really want to look into because there's so many amazing young players these days. Um, I don't think... There's ever been a time with this many young promising players, uh, but yeah, um, it definitely does feel like a golden age for just like like rare rare skill sets. You know what I mean? Like, like we got those unicorn big men, like quote unquote, like we got the unicorn in KP, but like big men like that, like that got like guard skills, that could shoot, or just like all over the court. You know, like we got yeah. him, AD, like cat big men like that with like that rare skill set and bead. There's a future Nick in there. Uh, You might have forgotten about him, but, you know, he must not be named. Uh, But we'll talk about him at a later time. I'm going to talk about young players. Oh, you're talking about just young players? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And, of course, man, KD's on a a, a level on his own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but back to the Nick stuff. I mean, Knox been killing it. Um, I'm just kind of like not upset, but just like annoyed a little bit that like Dotson is going back to just playing inconsistent minutes again. Like it's spotty, but I respect the fact that like he keeps he keeps game ready. You know what I mean? Like no matter how many games he's just like he like Fizdale sits him for, he'll come back in. Um, whenever he gets that playing time, he'll he'll get his buckets. He'll play that tough D. He'll rebound the shit out of the ball. And so, he'll like, shoot lights out. Pray- Hell yeah, and it's like, you know what, we might as well just become the Dame Dotson podcast, because I feel like we're the only ones that consistently give him this kind of praise, like, week to week, but, like, it's it's rare for, like, us Knicks fans to be in this position where, like, we picked this kid, like, what, second round last year, like, maybe a high second round pick, mid-second round pick, and he's, anytime he's gotten significant playing time, he's, he's shown, like, that he deserves it, you know, like, he's a, he's a perfect 3 and D wing for, like, this modern NBA like, if you get, like, a 3 and D role player that, like, fits perfectly in the second round, that's good drafting. Yeah. That's also a Phil Jackson pick, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if, you, if you've been watching Damian Dotson, like, he, he uh-huh. shows a little bit, you know, more. He shows a little more and more every game. Uh, something I've noticed that he's done is he'll, 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 catch, he'll catch the ball mid-run, and then he'll jump right up and shoot, shoot the three. Uh, kind of like a Kyle Korver-type player right now. Um, and he's getting more and more efficient, and then he's becoming just overall a better player scoring-wise. But it's just that that run, catch, shoot three that he's been doing a lot more these days, and he's and those shots are going in. Hell yeah! Like and you, that's definitely something you want to see. Like just him adding more to his repertoire. Like it's not enough just to be a good spot-up shooter. It's like you got to be able to shoot from different platforms. You know what I mean? Like different angles, because like the best shooters in the fucking world will tell you like it doesn't matter like how much space they're given by the defense is like, as long as they get like the angle where they could comfortably release that shot, is like the key thing. Right. So that's what makes dudes like Corver, um, Ray Allen, all of them so good because like, no matter like where they like shoot from, they can stop on a dime and get it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, with their form intact, with that smooth release. So if, if Dame could just become that, you know what I mean? Like even go beyond like a three and D maybe just like, I'd say Danny Green is like the ideal for him, but I think he's got a little bit more potential to him. But I don't want to put too much on a second round pick. But 
I feel what you're saying. Like, I definitely see what you're talking about in terms of just like the kind of like the array of shooting he's he's shown us. Yeah. You know, just his experimenting body's... with like how he. Yeah. His body's almost always squared up, even if he's running, you know, at, he's Hell running at yeah. really high speed, but whenever he shoots, his form's almost always the same, and that's really great to see. And he understands that he's, although he's only, this is only a second season, he's 24 years old, he's going to be 25 in six months, uh, he's not that young uh, for a player. Um, he played, you know, more than three years in college, played like four or five seasons, uh, four or five years in college so he understands that time is limited for him so whenever he comes in he he takes full advantage of the minutes that he gets for real it's just like as a second round pick in nba like their 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 careers aren't that long like on average like a second round is basically like a crapshoot like i think statistically looking at it like in the draft it's like you might as well just like play the lotto and so it's just like smarter for teams to just load up on a lot of second round picks and I'm lucky. Like I think Dame came from like the D Rose trade when we when we traded Lopez, um, Grant, um, for D Rose, Holiday, and a second round pick. So yeah. he was a second round pick. So like, I mean, shit, that deal worked out. Like honestly, you know, like I mean, I tr- I'm trying to forget the D Rose era in New York, but like it gave us a <laughs> pretty solid pickup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, another player who has definitely who definitely like stepped it up in a different kind of way is Tim Hardaway Jr. And he, his whole uh, composure, the way, the way he plays, he comes in as a veteran. Apparently he's been injured for weeks that, that he has a plantar fasciitis injury, which is, which isn't that bad. He plantar can play what now? Plantar fasciitis. Uh, I looked it up. There was a doctor who kind of explained it. It's kind of like the back part of your feet or your toe doesn't fully align or something like that. But I mean, I'm, I'm no doctor. I'm not a professional podcaster either, but I, I do my best here. Uh, Tim Hardaway is playing through an injury, pretty much, and but it wasn't. He wasn't open about it. He didn't tell anybody about it. The media just found out about it, and he isn't using it as an excuse. He took one day off, and he came and played last night. He scored 27 points, but they're not all just spot up threes either, or pull up threes, which he is very good at, as far as pull up threes goes. He, he's a lot more aggressive as a player, and he, he had 10 for 10 from the free throw line. So he's driving in, he's spinning around, he's doing fadeaways, he's doing pull-up threes, he's passing the ball, he had five assists last night. So Tim, we're seeing a huge development and growth from Tim Hardaway, and he's becoming more of a complete player. And it's very, you know, it, it's really great to see that happen to a former Knicks uh, pick from a few years ago. Yeah, and you just owe that man an apology. The I amount do. of hate and venom that like spewed don't guess it. from don't you. Guess it. You wanted that man dead and his family like buried. So I, I remember <laughs> I have recordings of, of all this happening. But nah, like you you were shitting on him though. And uh, to be honest, I was too, just because it seemed like a whole bunch of fucking money. But like just stepping back a little bit, it kind of just it made a little sense at the time. And like I remember telling you at the time, like yo, if he just like keeps improving and shows himself to be like a solid like number three option, you know, then the like, money will be worth, worth the money. Yeah, exactly. And like you know what, like he's being right now, he's right now he's being asked to do way more than he probably should. Like that's why his efficiency isn't ideal. But like even just like looking at like the advanced shooting numbers, like true shooting percentage, it's like about like average. And that's kind of impressive considering that like he's like the number one option on like a team where nobody else can really like create their own shot consistently you know what i mean like yeah. everybody else is like a young player 
I mean, Isozo obviously can get buckets whenever, when, whenever, you know what I mean? But I think just he's still a young player and he's been injured lately. But Tim Hardaway, like, Tim's been, like, carrying that load all season. And, like, he's showing that once KP gets back, um, ideally, you want him as your number three, but I don't think he'll be a bad number two option. Just as like a young team that's developing, while these other young kids kind of like pick up the slack and get better. Like Tim's a good placeholder, I think. But I'm kind of getting sick of just like like the mainstream media. Like they kind of still running with that Tim Hardaway like narrative. You know what I mean? Like I seen like the Ringer just keep talking about Tim. Like oh, they need the Knicks need to get rid of him to get cap space. Like nah, we we gotta get rid of Courtney Lee. You know? Mm-hmm. Like and they're talking about how like uh, Tim's just like an inefficient chucker. But I mean. If you look at the numbers, yeah, it doesn't look good. Like, I think he's shooting like forty percent, but he's taking a lot of threes. And like, what, what was that number? Like that stat I showed you, like just last week, that he's number three in the whole NBA in pull-up three-pointers. You know what I mean? Like pull-up three-point shots, like one of the toughest shots in the league. And the statistic is what, like a minimum of like three attempts per game. So the only two players in the entire league that are better at that skill, that rare, important skill is Steph Curry and LeBron James. Like, that's that's pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and he's one of the lead yeah, leaders like, in three-pointers made. Exactly. Uh, so. He's a good player. Like, yeah. Okay, maybe good stretching, but he's not bad. He's, like, decent. And he's playing up to his contract. And I feel like, ideally, yeah, once KP gets back and, like, if we get another big fish, if he's still on the team, like, that's a good third option to have. But Yeah. And I and I mention this almost every episode now, but something that really is important to me is character, and he's showing mm-hmm. a lot more of a maturity uh, to his game and as a person. You know, if you watch his post game interviews, he he's talking about winning games. He's he's bas- he sounds like a, a true veteran right now, but he's only like twenty six, um, and you know that's something that's kind of a thing. That's something that you really need for a team. It's not always just about the numbers and how many points they're scoring per game, but it's also the stuff that they do outside of those forty-eight minutes that they play. You know, so um, yeah, he's very much impressed me uh, as a player and as a person. So you know, mm-hmm. at this time, I'm I'm happy with with Tim Hardaway, and I and I hope the Knicks keep him. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Tim? I wanted to talk about Manuel Mudiay for a sec because he's been uh, he's been scoring the most points for the Knicks at least the last two weeks. Uh, no, I think I'm straight on a Tim talk. Like he's like, just keep it up, get healthy, and like hopefully when KP gets back sometime soon, he'll he'll slot in pretty nicely and just yeah. You know, I'm just like that KP injury last year like really robbed us of seeing what like those two could do as a duo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without like the expectation and burden, because like last year we weren't really expected to do shit. It was the first like post mellow year. So, like just seeing KP and like Tim Hardaway cook for an entire season, like I was I was looking forward to it, but didn't happen. We got robbed of it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I'm down to keep him, but if if it's also just comes down to, like, uh, trading Tim Hardaway is what keeps us from, like, getting KD or Kyrie, like, Tim Hardaway's out of here, you know? But I don't think it's going to come down to that. I think we could just, we could definitely make space for one of those guys without having to trade Tim. Like, that's a fact. Yeah. Looking at the numbers, but yeah, let's let's move on to Moutier, or as so... Brazil likes to call him, Mud. <laughs> So we have several, the Knicks at least, have several players that are on one-year contracts right now, and we can't keep all of them, right? Uh, we need room for guys like mm-hmm. KD or other free agents. Um, so three or four of, the, of those guys are Emmanuel Moutier, uh, who I believe was the leading scorer the last 11 out of 13 games for the Knicks, um, which kind of surprised me. He's been averaging 19 points per game and 
about six assists and three rebounds last 10 games. Uh, and then there's Trey Burke, Noah Vonley, and Super Mario Hazonia. So m- more likely than not, out of those four players, the Knicks will keep one, maybe two of those players. So do you think, seeing seeing the growth and development of Emmanuel Moutier, you think the Knicks should keep him over guys like Trey Burke and Noah Vonley? Uh, Hazonia, I think... You know, without saying, we know that he's he's out of here. He he hasn't really done much uh, during the time that yeah. he's played. But really, it's yeah. down to Moutier, Trey Burke, and Vonley. And I know Trey Burke recently has been doing so well. He's been dealing with injuries, and when he does play, he's been very inefficient. But he does have those games that didn't happen too long ago. I think there was a, a span of three to four games when he was averaging 25 points per game. And this was, you know, in the last six to eight weeks. And Vonley is... Noah Vonley, he's been doing a little bit of everything, but Moutier has has that clutch factor in him right now, and he's not settling for just jump shots, but he's able to drive and be aggressive. He has he he's a big guy for a point guard, and he uses his body well to to get the free throws. But he's been shooting a little bit more efficiently than before, a lot more efficiently actually. So mostly between Moutier, Trey Burke, and Vonley, if you're the Knicks GM and he had to pick one of those guys, who would you keep? Um, well, let's just get this out the way. Just like anybody with, like, two working eyes and, like, a pulse can see that, like, Trey Burke shouldn't even be in this conversation. Like, I know we threw Mario in the trash, like, well-deserved, like, to get that motherfucker out of here. Like, I've seen enough of him, you know, but I think Trey is, like, kind of in that same boat just because he's older than all these guys. I think he's 25, about to be 26. And I think he is at what he is at this point, like, an undersized, like, score first, like, point guard and... I know before the season started, I was saying how I think he could be, like, the best point guard for Fizz, just in terms of, like, because in terms of, like, the pick and roll, like, he's much more familiar and, like, shows more of a, like, an aptitude on that end. Like, his his pull-up mid-range straight out the pick and roll last season was, like, money. You know what I mean? So I thought he would be thriving in that role, but it's just, like, anytime he gets, like, a significant playing time, it just becomes obvious why he shouldn't, just because he's so much smaller than everybody else on the court. He'll get abused on defense. Um, he settles for too many mid-range jumpers because I thought like that would be the next step in his evolution. Like he starts integrating more like pull-up threes instead of that pull-up mid-range jumper. You know what I mean? But we haven't seen that, and he's he's not really a good finisher. Just like it goes to his size. But yeah, I mean, go, like transitions to Moutier. I just Moutier. I just feel like I would keep him, but only if like you know the big like big fish point guard free agents this summer like reject us if like Kyrie says nah he's staying in Boston and then, like Kemba like he takes the bag in New Orleans or not New Orleans like Charlotte right yeah he takes a bag in Charlotte and just like or just goes to another team um that's probably like the only like I, I guess like the only situation where I would consider keeping Moutier but I just kind of get caught up in trying to think whether this is just like a contract year like oh shit he's trying to like finally take a shit serious you know and just trying to like ball out and like get a contract next next summer because that's what it is like but then also there's that flip side where he's 22 and like we mentioned a lot when young players take time to get better and i think moody finally found a coach that believes in him like we mentioned before like in the last episode but Fizzo just like shattered out moody like within 30 seconds of officially being announced as the next coach you know mm-hmm. what i mean like that's it's kind of crazy and just from the start he's been the only one that believed in him like that and i think maybe that's that's a good sign like if physio speaks up for moody and it, it seems obvious he has a lot of like 
like sway and influence when it comes to like the players because like they, it just goes back to the draft maybe like six months ago like he was the driving force behind us taking knocks like he was like a tiebreaker essentially because from all i read like scott perry like miles bridges a lot scott perry has like michigan roots so he like watched a lot of miles bridges for those last two years and by michigan i mean like the state of michigan because i know miles bridges went to michigan state but Apparently, he had his eyes on Miles Bridges, but then in the workout, they brought both of them in and Mikhail Bridges and Knox schooled all of them. And that's when Fizdale was like banging the table for Knox because like he lo- he fell in love with his size and, and all that. So I think that's a big sign that like Fizdale has like a lot of like influence when it comes to like what players are like going to get prioritized. And if if that holds true, then I think Murillo will come back. But I think this is the key is what do you what do you want to pay him? You know what I mean? Like what? What would be a good reasonable deal in your eyes for Moody? Uh, I know I just completely avoided your question, but like <laughs> to ask you a question, I would take Bonley. But we could dig into that. But I, I want to hear your thoughts. Like you seem like the Moody stand right here. I, I mean, I'm not Moody stand, but I, I honestly I think I would rather take Bonley too. But that's that comes off a hard decision. But I was gonna, I was gonna explain why after you explain why, but. Moutier, I think for a reasonable contract, I definitely want him on the team just because he's he's been very. I mean, if he can keep up the, if he can sustain the level of play that he's doing right now, then absolutely, you don't want to you don't want to drop that. Uh, if if you if you can if you can't help if you can help it, uh, you don't want to drop that level of player, uh, especially someone who's only twenty two years old right now. Mm-hmm. How much would I want to? What's what's like the max I would want to pay Moutier? But there's also. You know, we also have to take into consideration how much we're trying to, how much we can afford for, to get a player like Kevin Durant or Kemba. So I want right, but I say, let's say like this is like for this purpose of this exercise, like it's excluding all like external factors. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in a vacuum, how much would you like just based on how Moody has played the season and what you project for him to play like through the rest of the season and just moving forward? How yeah. much would you pay him like this summer? <clears throat> I, I see I don't I don't think there's we can't really say he's gonna come back down to earth. I think he will just a little bit. I, I don't think he's gonna be averaging twenty, you know, five and four for the rest of the season, but I think he can average maybe like sixteen, seventeen and five and four. I I think he's maybe like a eleven, twelve million dollar player. Just just from like I would offer maybe like a two year contract, three year contract, ten to twelve million dollars. That's that's kind of what I see. If his defense gets a lot better, maybe a little bit more. But that's kind of the area that I see Moutier for, at least between the ages of like twenty three to twenty five. Okay. I mean, I bring that up the contract thing just because I feel like our Jabari, Jabari Parker discussions have kind of, are a good window into like Moutier's summer because I feel like Chicago did a pretty smart thing with the contract they gave him. It was like, what, two years? But it was that second year was a team option, right? So, like, we obviously saw the season hasn't really worked out in that situation. So I think if we were to offer the same, that same kind of deal to Moody this summer, it's like a two-year deal, uh, like a team option, and it turns out next season it, it proves that this, this year so far is a fluke, then, yeah, we could get rid of him. Yeah. But I, I think in terms of, like, a contingency plan, if, like, we miss on, like, the big fish, you know, fingers crossed that shit don't happen. Like, if we miss out, like, on KD, Kyrie, etc., all them big names, I think Vale and Moody are, like, a good are good backup plans just because we'll get back on track to rebuilding and, like, developing the youth and all that. 
Mm-hmm. Because I feel like once we get like a veteran player, like that's kind of going to go become a secondary goal, obviously, you know? Because at the end of the day, KP is our franchise player, and we're about to pay him like mad money this summer, like a whole shitload of money. And with that in mind, he's like, that's when the countdown starts. Because like you're seeing it right now in the NBA with Giannis and AD, I feel like as soon as they, them two signed their two extensions, the media started like that narrative and that countdown about, oh, when are they going to leave? Like, it's happening right now. You see it. You know what I mean? So, like, once we lock up KP, it's like, okay, and, like, the pressure is on. Now we got to prove to KP that, like, yo, you don't leave us in four years. I mean, we locked you up right now, but, like, he stayed through your prime. So we got to prove to him that, like, we're worthwhile. And, yeah, is Moody and Vonley part of that? I don't don't know about Moody, but I definitely think Vonley can be because I just feel like so far he's shown, like, a really valuable skill set and, like, a skill set that really fits KP just because, like, Obviously, the last four years, you'll see it, it's been tough to find like, that perfect big man fit next to KP. And I feel like the best one was like his rookie year, like Robin Lopez. I feel like that was a pretty good combo just for a young KP to learn next to and just have like another defensive big man to like uh, cover mistakes. You know what I mean? So I think since Robin Lopez, Vonley's just been the best big man like uh, like pairing. Or I mean, could they be. haven't played yet together, yeah. but uh, yeah, it could be. But I feel like just on paper, his skill set is just so perfect. Rebounds the shit out of the ball. Uh, versatile defensively, can move his feet, like can shoot, like spotting up. So like you could play him interchangeably with KP at the four and the five. The KP could protect the rim, and like Vonley wouldn't be like a complete like uh, disadvantage, like defending the perimeter. So well, we I saw mean, a just player... on paper, it just yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I no, I was say... just gonna say just on paper, he seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, we Vonley. saw a player like Vonley who played with KP, and that was Kyle Quinn for for the last two three years. Uh, kind of uh, almost the same skill set, not as good of a player, but, you know, someone who can rebound and shit out of the ball, make the smart pass, shoot the occasional, not really, not, he wasn't a good three-point shooter, but, like, they, they fit fairly well. Um, but, yeah. I, I, it was an ideal, though. I feel like this is, the, like, finally it's, like, the closest to ideal we've had, you know? If you really want to unlock Kristaps Porzingis' potential and put him at the center, then, yeah, Vonley putting him at power forward can, can do that. Exactly, like I, O'Quinn. You like nowadays you can't play him at the power forward like ever again. He's just too big and slow. He doesn't have like that foot speed. But like Vonley, like that dude is cut up, athletic, and I think Perry, Scott Perry said to David Frizzo like before the summer, and this has come from Frizzo himself that like Perry scouted Vonley all through high school. He was like a highly ranked recruit, and obviously he was a lotto pick. So he told Fizzo, just like, hey, this kid has a lot of skills that like he hasn't gotten to show so far in like his NBA career. So see if you can unlock some of that and we're seeing that you know like i've seen finally grab a rebound and like push the ball up i've seen him like make nifty passes off a of handoff plays like sh- shooting threes and spotting up obviously that's crazy like he didn't really show that ever in like his career so far so i think it's just in the nba the where it's going right now like a streaky point guard that doesn't really play defense as opposed to like a like a big man that that fits your franchise player's skill set almost seamlessly on paper, I'll, I would go with the big man. And Valley's not old either. He's like 23. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, what would be the plan for maybe later on in 2020 when Mitchell Robinson develops and Kevin Knox develops? How would that lineup look? Who's going to be at the four? Who's going to be at the five? If Noah Vonley I- continues to develop himself. I think, like, in the future, like, Mitch's potential is, like, 
sky high, bro. Like I put it higher than Vonley. Absolutely. That's not to knock Vonley, but like mm-hmm. just like I think Rod, like like Big Money Mitch has just got like that like a rare kind of like potential to him. I mean, just watching him play, he's, it's obviously he's you could tell he has to play basketball, organized basketball for like a year before then. But like it's he's learning, he's picking shit up, and he's so fucking athletic that it would be shocking if he didn't like kind of that like if he didn't harness his athleticism to like become a nice perimeter defender as well to be able to like keep up with guards and shit on switches while also locking on the paint like i think in the future four or five years from now like our our, our like knock on wood ideal lineup would be mitch kp Knox, and whoever we get this year and frank at point guard you know mm-hmm. but that but like yeah you know how the fucking nba is you can't look four years in the future four years ago like i think lebron was still on the Cavs. Like he just signed with the Cavs, and I'm like, oh, okay, fairy tale, storybook ending. He's gonna end his career here. Like Kyrie's gonna take over afterwards. Neither of them dudes is on that team right now. Kevin Durant, you know I think mean? Kevin Durant was still with the Thunder at the time too. Yeah, and he kept denying, like, oh no, there's no issue with me and Westbrook. I'm like, we're we're great pals. We're gonna, we're gonna be teammates forever. Nope, that didn't happen. Yeah, that's the NBA, man. Uh. Okay, so your pick is Vonley. Von I Lay. agree, uh, just because of that skill set. It, it it would suck though if we had to give up Moody. If he plays like this, he's just he's just doing a lot. Um, but you know, between the two, if we had to pick one, I would I'd go Vonley, uh, just because he fits with our franchise player more, uh, better than than Moody does, and that's that's what's important at this point. Still my answer. Uh, Son of yeah. a bitch. <laughs> No, I was gonna. I, the point that I was gonna make, besides that, was it was. It's a small point, but I forgot who said it. But someone said, uh, some person I don't even know, said that a, the the best possible team you can make is like a group of six foot nine, six foot ten players, and those guys can pretty much are can be versatile enough to do it all defensively, offensively. Uh, I have no idea where I heard this from. You ever heard of this before? It sounds like something that like Daryl Morey of like the Rockets GM. Sounds like something he would say. He's like a kind of like an analytical kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I thought of Vonley because he is six foot nine. He he's very versatile, and then Kevin Knox is very versatile, and then so is KP. Uh, so mm. that having a tall lineup is always great, and it's kind of hard to tell what it's kind of difficult to tell right now what direction the NBA is going with. We did see the golden age of the point guards. That's kind of where we're at right now. We might be heading into towards the direction of the versatile big man. Uh, and we, I think, we're already seeing I, I don't that. think, like not to cut you up, but I don't even think it's just like either the golden age of the point guard because I think that was like, yeah, like four or five years ago. But now it's just like like multifaceted, multi-skilled like wing players that you could mm-hmm. play like two through four. I think that's like what's in vogue right now. AKA yeah. like everybody's trying to get their own LeBron, get their own KD. Like you've just seen like in the past two summers, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi all got traded. Like the, those kind of players are like in demand right now. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, I don't know where where we were going with this. Oh, so saying Vonley, Vonley's kind of like a third tier version of of that, or it could be. Uh, he's only twenty three years old, but as as he continues to develop his game, that's something that that's that's a possibility. Uh, but yeah, I want to go back to the point that you're making earlier about Jabari Parker, uh, we, I feel like we mentioned him now like three episodes in a row unintentionally. It just happened. Um, but he is now 
out of the rotation for the Chicago Bulls, and it's a rumor now that the Knicks are eyeing him, even though there's no concrete evidence of this. But Jabari Parker right now is on a on a two year contract with the second year being a team option. He's making he's due to make twenty million dollars this year, um, and he's he's scoring about I, I think he's scoring sixteen points a game um, in in thirty minutes. But he is someone who in the beginning of the season basically said that he doesn't want to play defense. But he is also a lottery pick from two or three years ago, the year that Andrew Wiggins was drafted. Uh, I believe he was a third pick that, that year um, out of Duke. Second. Sec- uh, Joel Embiid was third. You're right, yeah. He was yeah, second. it was like four years ago too. Yeah, went to the Bucks, uh, played decently there, and then he had two torn ACLs. And now he is someone who is connected to the Knicks, as are other players all the time. But... Jabari Parker, um, would you trade a second round pick and a player for Jabari Parker? I'd give him Courtney Lee and a second round pick, cause I mean they're going. Don't get me wrong, I'm not really high on Jabari the player, um, at least not anymore. Like three years ago, I was I was a Jabari fan just because I liked his game a lot in college. Remind me of Mello. Mello, yeah. Um, yeah, like that's I could not get that out of my head watching him play. Like that big, like a like a big old husky kid that just gets bucket on you, like buckets on you. Like Paul Pierce too, yeah. Yeah, but fuck Paul Pierce. This is an anti-Paul Pierce podcast. I'm making that official right now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Jabari, but like right now, I mean, just the player itself. We're like, let's be honest. If we're making that deal, if like Chicago like somehow accepts that deal, Courtney Lee and a second round pick with Jabari, we're making that deal just to get off of Courtney Lee's uh, contract for next summer. I think it's like what twelve million is his uh, contract next summer, and if we were to get rid of him, um, and we take Jabari and we kind of like we just decline his play his team option next summer, we just cleared like twelve million in cap space that is mad valuable to making sure we have like a max uh, salary spot available for you know KD, Kyrie, Clay, Kawhi, whoever you know. So yeah, I would make that deal like ten times out of ten. But I wouldn't have high expectations for Jabari like doing anything. Yo, all the top guys, first thing starts with a K. Just random observation. All those guys you named. And you missed you missed Kemba too. Um but yeah, good continue. That's wild. What the hell? This I'm gonna have to take a moment. That's that's kinda I don't expect this news. That's this revelation. Kemba, Kevin, to... Kawhi, Clay, Kyrie. Anyway, go ahead. I, I think Kimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Don't, don't forget Kimmy Butler. Kimmy Butler. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that. What the hell were we talking about? Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Jabari Park. But yeah, what are we talking about? Jabari Park. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy. Uh, no, nah, he he stinks. He's he's not good. But good. Give me his contract just because like it would clear up his cash space. But yeah, that's that's the one deal I would make. Because otherwise, there's no point. You know, I'd rather just stick with Hisonia than, like, have Jabari pouting and pretending like he, he runs the team now. I swear to God, if we trade for Jabari and the press conference, he's like, oh, the Knicks are back. The nah. Garden is my home now. He'll say some stupid shit like that. <laughs> he's just... Man, but, uh... Bulls sure know how to pick them, man. They Anyway, yeah. Yeah, they stink. Bulls stink, too. Pretty bad. But, um, yeah, let's uh let's put that on you, then. So, uh, what? how much are you willing to get for Jabari and... What's your outlook on Jabari? Because I feel like I'm a lot more harsher on him than you are. But, I mean, that's just a feeling. 
Uh, I mean, how much am I willing to pay him if we, like, like as in next year? Yeah. No, I mean, how much are you willing to give up in a trade oh. for him, basically? Dude, like, I, what honestly, you asked me, bro? I don't, uh, if we can get if we can get him without having to give up a second round pick, and I feel like we I feel like we get more options outside of Jabari Parker where we can get rid of Courtney Lee. Maybe that would have already happened if there were an option, but I feel like we we can't you know go off on it right now and just try to get Jabari and get rid of Courtney Lee right away. I feel like we should be a little bit more patient mm-hmm. and see what our and just play the field, see what our other options are without having to give up our second round pick. Um, I mean, they've been shopping Lee for like two straight seasons now, yeah, so I think yeah. we're at the point where it's just like we got to realize that like nobody wants that contract, so we got to throw in like a sweetener for them to take it and. And the Bulls, like they'll take a pick. They they stink like us too. They're in that tank race fully. Yeah. So I mean, we could get lucky, and they might want to take. They'll they'll take like Trey Burke instead, um, with along with Courtney Lee for for Jabari. Uh, he could be that problematic. You know, there aren't really there isn't really much news on why he's suddenly completely out of the rotation. Um, mm-hmm. but, he stinks. That's why. Yeah. I mean, the coach, they pretty, they asked the coach about it. He pretty much said like, oh, you know, we're going with other guys. Like that's coach speak for like this guy stinks. We're gonna move on. We'll play dudes that don't stink. He might just think as a person, but as a player, as a like I think offensively, it's, I think it's both. Offensively, I think he's it's not. Both. I don't think he's that. But like from the three, he's been he, pretty bad. But I, he's yeah, young enough. Like, he's young enough to, you know, have some hope for him. Um, he's only I think. Like yeah, but his, but his knees are held together with Scotch tape, bubble gum, and fucking rubber bands. Like I don't, I don't have like. He's young, but it's like he got the knees of an eighty-two-year-old. He two straight torn ACLs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not I that high. I don't on see him. it with Jabari. I'm not that high on him. Yeah, I'm, but I'm more along the lines of you know, play the field, and if in February you gotta you gotta go with something, then you gotta get recording Lee's contract regardless. So if you gotta take on Jabari Fair. Parker, then go for it. But you know, wait a yeah, month. Yeah, I mean, month. Yeah. yeah, we're we're yeah, we're both on the same page on that. Like, like, I mean, I, I probably don't want. Parker at all, and you're obviously indifferent on him, or like even slightly hopeful from what I can tell. But at the end of the day, that trade wouldn't be for Jabari, the player. It's for his contract. Yeah, I know. You regardless, know? that man's not going to be on the Knicks next year. That's that's for sure. Hope not. Like shit must have went really left if we have Jabari. If we trade for Jabari and we keep him next year, like KP will have to just like leave. You know what I mean? Like just retire from ball. That's the only way we keep Jabari. Because I got. I, I don't see what sense there is in like if we were to trade for him to keep him, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. So. So now, uh, I do want to announce like this is episode nine, but episode ten, I'm very excited because for the first time ever, you and I are going to interview somebody. Uh, we have never done that before. Uh, for the last six months, it's only just been you and me and our super show we talked about before we actually record, but now there's actually gonna be a third person listening in on everything, so. I'm excited. I'm really excited to announce that that guest is going to be the CEO of Constitorial, uh, one of the largest tutoring programs in New York City. They tutor kids all throughout, you know, grades K to twelve. So uh, his name is Dr. Ivan Khan. Uh, so Nafi and I were both really excited to have him come aboard and talk all about the Knicks. He is a huge Knicks fan. Uh, he was there witnessing the 90s Knicks so he saw some winning games and some champion and some finals games something that you and I have don't remember seeing um mm. we were supposedly we allegedly were, he allegedly. claims all this he does that's what the interview is for 
we're going to really test to see if he truly understands and knows everything about the Knicks. So, uh, Dr. Kong, we are really excited to have you. And this is going to be our Christmas Eve episode, and it'll be our last episode of the year. So, episode number 10, it's gonna we're going to end the year with a bang. Mm-hmm. Giving our listeners a nice Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. And that then, holiday spirit. A lot of our listeners actually work or worked at Constitorial, so they're gonna hear their boss uh, get interviewed by us. So, if you haven't already, um, follow us on Instagram. That's Nick underscore Ish. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And if you've been listening to all of our episodes, we thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate any feedback that you have. Um, this is again, it's a great experience for for both Nafi and I, uh, Nafi and me, and um, we're just really excited to have episode ten come out soon. So, this is episode nine of the Nickish podcast, and that's it. That's that's a wrap. You want to add anything, Nafi? Uh, you kind of corrected yourself and said Nafi and me instead of Nafi and I. You had it right the first time. It was Nafi and I. Is it? Just, just an FYI. Yeah. What was the sentence? I'm pretty sure it was Nafi and me. I mean, no. You know what? Like, you know what? We'll, 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 let, we'll, let Dr. Khan, we'll let Dr. Khan, who's a tutoring CEO, let us know next week. Or, or you could let your English major co-host literally correct you. But, you know, fragile egos and some such. I get it. <laughs> All right, fair. It could be. It could be. It could be. You know, Nafi and I, possibly. I'll go back and listen to it. Uh, anything else you want to add? You know, about our podcast. Um, it's pretty good. I'd listen to it if if, if I haven't already. So, yeah. Other other listeners out there, just like go spread the word, because we are not getting sponsored yet, and the only way that happens is through getting more listeners. So. Yep. Make that happen. We are actually going to start having giveaways soon, too. So that's a quick announcement. If you've made it this far in the episode, you're the first person to know right now that the Nickish podcast is going to start having giveaways. So look out for that. Yep. Yeah, and that's about it. So thank you again for listening and tune in next week uh, to hear our interview with Dr. Ivan Khan. Peace. Peace.